0: everyone, and welcome to the Metacast by Novic, a podcast in which we explore the business and future of video games. I'm Aaron Bush, and today I'm excited to be joined by Ryan Wyatt. Ryan is the CEO of Polygon Studios, a venture partner at Bitcraft, and of course comes from a background of being the global head of gaming at YouTube, as well as leadership roles at Major League Gaming and Machinima. Ryan, as I mentioned before we started recording, I've admired you from a distance for quite some time, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Welcome to the MediCast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Glad we finally got this thing on the books and can chat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess before we dive into the details of anything specific, let's, let's set the foundation. Could you let everyone know what... What exactly is Polygon Studios? What does the org do? What's its vision? Yeah. How does it tie into the, the broader ecosystem?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, uh, we really try to have a little bit of like church and state, if you will, at Polygon. And so we've got kind of a product and engin- engineering team that's focused on the pro- of the protocol, right? And there's like a number of things I'm sure we'll touch on, right? You know, our ZK work, our POS chain, SuperNets, and that team, you know, that's, that's focused on those efforts. Polygon ID... There's a lot going on, right? Like, we've got a lot of efforts, very intentionally so. And then you've got kind of the business side. And really, what does the business side do? Its pure focus is on the advancement of the protocol, right? And in these early days, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of conversation and partnerships and collaboration that needs to happen. And effectively, that's what Polygon Studios is. So I, I always find it the most simplified way to describe it is it's the the business team for Polygon, and so what is the business team? It's everything from you know finance and partnerships and BD and marketing, and there's a lot that kind of goes into it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the studio's team.
0: Awesome, and we'll we'll dig into most of those specifics a bit more in the conversation. Sure. But uh, something else I just wanted to to hit on before doing that is you're actually pretty new to to Polygon Studios. You joined earlier this yep. year, and obviously. A lot has changed over, you know, just a few months. But <laughs> I'm curious what what has Polygon achieved since you started, and what sorts of changes have you made to help set the company up for more uh, long term success?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. There, probably a number of areas we could chat about. So, even taking a step back, you know, I had always, I, so basically, I, at YouTube, I ran the gaming vertical, and that was really working with game developers and, and content creators in gaming, and. I love that, right? And and I love that so much because you you know you were at service to the creator economy. You're helping people think through how they can be content creators, how they can monetize, how they can grow their business, how they can get success. And then also what you're doing is you're like building the user audience. You know you're trying to really build uh, the total addressable market and scale that out. And so there's some similarities there um, that I you know that that got me interested in, in really going full time and leaving Google and going into Web three. And so I come over to Polygon, right? And I think, you know, I, I loved Polygon for a variety of reasons. And uh, not to like tease too much, I'm sure we'll want to t- talk about some of this stuff. But the TLDR was, was like, okay, I'm all in on Web3. Love it, right? Now, going over to, I want to go somewhere. Like so I'm thinking about like the decision making of going to Polygon too. Um, and I think all of this matters in the context of the question. And I was like, there's already risk in this space. That's the fun part about being in a space. Innovative, it's risky. We don't know what we don't know. It's this like blank canvas. That's why we're all here. It's exciting. We're like going to figure it all out. And we don't have the answers to all these questions. But one thing I wanted to bet on was where users and developers are already and Like Ethereum had that. And that's not to say like other alt ones won't find that one day. You know, I- I'm sure they-, they they will. But you could just check that box off of Ethereum. And knowing I was like, okay, well, how how are you scaling Ethereum? And you don't have like a, a lot of options that are big players in the space. And so I looked at Polygon, was really excited, particularly about the ZK acquisitions they had made in the previous year. And I thought, you know, okay, like how can I leave an impact on Polygon? And I think the one thing that, you know, I wanted to bring to the table was kind of like organizational excellence around scaling. You know, Polygon had this incredible scrappy team, didn't take no for an answer, like really achieved so much great things from a startup in 2017 to like raising $450 million led by Sequoia, right? I mean, incredible organization, incredible founders and teams. And when I came in February, it was kind of like 3,000, 4,000 apps, you know, we're at 40,000, right? And so you could could see the theme of we're going to have to scale this organization. We're all betting that Web3 is going to be successful. Our organization is definitely betting Ethereum is going to be a critical, if not the critical, most core player into the future, right? And so we're like, we made these bets. Let's get ready to plan for a company that's going to be able to take on and and by that, like take on hundreds of thousands of dApps. All of the big web two companies, big gaming companies, right? There's a lot that you have to do to set up the framework of that. I also think... So that was like a big thing. I love doing that. I have fun doing that. I like building that out. I have a very clear vision on that because props to Google. I think they're probably the best company in the world when it teaches you... Th- I mean, they will beat it into your head on. Learning how to scale efficiently, right? And so through this, you know, I was at Google for almost eight years, so learned that. And I was like, okay, you want to bring that over to Polygon, but you don't like nobody wants to work at Polygon. Okay, could just go work at Google, right? You want to work in the space because you're not Google. You're scrappy. You're the new wave. You're Web three, right? Um, and so you kind of got to marry these two things of like the the the, the Web three scrappy speed and the polish of doing and conducting business in Web 2. And you kind of want to find the middle ground of both. Like you don't want to operate on either side of those. I think either side of those, it would actually lead to failure long term. And so we're constantly finding that balancing act. But I would say starting to implement that within our organization on the business side has started to actually yield, I think, really good results for us. In particular, landing really large partnerships, because I think we have a really good narrative where we can come to the table on a, a clear product vision into the future. It has some questions, and again, we'll talk about it. But like a clear vision of where we want to go, and how we are going to support those partners. And so, time and time again, I think far and away, we are the like the leader on you know Web two adoption, big game adoption, right? All of this, and I think that's more of a of us finding a middle ground. And I think the last thing I'll say, which is really awesome, we have a good, we have like a good mix of backgrounds. And I mean like diversity in every sense of the word, where people live, uh, gender, what their background is, what do they do? Like we have web two, we have web three, we have gaming, we have, uh, you know, fintech, like all these different backgrounds. And so being able to wrangle those people together around a unified vision and collaborate together has allowed for some of the you know it, it it has its pains as well but it has some of the coolest collaborations that you know I've ever gotten to see in the space
0: awesome that's a great answer so let's let's dig into that a little bit more i'm really curious sure. how you compare leading polygon studios to youtube gaming you mentioned excellence in scaling so i'm curious you know maybe just in a bit more detail like what's the same and different and like being able to carry that over to web3 but also i'm just curious if there are any oddities of web 3 that you weren't expecting that you've been um, trying to get better at working with and the the organization
1: yeah but I have to even almost break that up into a couple there's a <laughs> lot even there um, so the first part of like similarities between between kind of YouTube or like YouTube web 2 Google web 2 versus kind of polygon web 3 world I think the similarities have been it have been interesting in the sense that There's this clear, like at Polygon, there's this clear focus on community and developers. It's like very, very clear to our company that that's like what we need to be focusing on. Like help support developers, build community. It's very true to YouTube. Only swap out developers with creators, right? Content creators. Um, Same ethos, you know, content creators are the backbone of YouTube. You need to make sure that there's a vibrant community there. You know, you're helping those uh, content creators build sub-communities. YouTube doesn't have this like overarching community. It's got like 2 billion people, 3 3 billion people. But what it does a really good job is is like a content creator empowering them to create a community within it. And that's kind of what we're doing on our side with developers. And you have this broad polygon community, but then they're in, you know, operating and activating across individual NFT projects, dApps, so forth. Now, the thing that's really different about Web3 and like my role at Polygon is uh, serving as kind of like a GM on this side. You you're not spending a lot of time in you know things like um, uh, you know legal side and people and kind of company structure and this like regulatory environment and all these different things. So these are kind of new things that you've ha- you know you have to adopt as part of the process. The other thing with um, with this space too is you know, you we, there's a lot that always is changing to say the least. Right. You know, I think like I find myself glued to Twitter sometimes because the, the, the space is so dynamic and I love that. It's fun about it. Um, but it's dynamic is the key word there. I think, you know, at YouTube, very clear what we have to do over the next like five years. Right. You know, and it's like you can kind of move towards that. Yes, things change in the markets and stuff, but nothing deviates so much. This space, I kind of like there's a famous Bill Gates saying, and I won't even try to like, I won't even try to paraphrase it, but the the spirit of the quote was like you just actually always have to kind of operate a little scared to stay on top of what's happening in the space. Mm, yeah. And I kind of like that, right? It stay we stay, we never get complacent. We stay on top of where we need to be, you know, refresh on our feet. We're really mindful. Our opinions change very dynamically dynamically as new information comes. And I think that's all good and necessary, but very different, you know, not something uh not something I was doing before that I like doing now, though.
0: Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Well, let's go ahead and, and zoom in on what, what's going on with Polygon right now. I'm curious, maybe to kick things off, what is having the most success on Polygon right now? And um, you know what types of projects are you expecting to be the most successful, more in like the near term, the midterm?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Okay. So what's going on at kind of Polygon? There's, a, I think, a number of really key things that we're focused on. Uh, one, we have, you know, a separate product from our POS chain, which is the is the core chain for Polygon, is our Supernets product, which is allowing people to kind of, what we call, you know, spin up their own dedicated chains. There's a lot of appetite around this and demand. You know, we're excited to get this product out of market just to meet the demand for it. So that's a big focus of ours. The other is we announced our ZKEVM chain, which was really exciting, right? And that is, you know, the testnet coming out of that, people starting to spin up DApps on it, really have fun, tinker with it. We'll learn a lot within the testnet environment. And that's a huge milestone for the organization. And honestly... Some of the people, like the engineers that have worked on that product, you know, this has been close to their heart for years, right? And so them coming, it's not the end, but just the idea that you can kind of like cut the ribbon and get a test in that environment up and like start to work and play in it. Super exciting, excited for all of them. We're going to learn a lot. It'll, the, what we learn from this will certainly inform like our product strategy long-term, which I think a lot of people have been anticipating. You know, it's no surprise that like the POS chain in its current environment is not our long-term. Uh, like our long bet, right? I think it's perfectly fine chain and does a great job with where Web three is today. But if you know, we're being honest, as you think forward looking, two, three, four years out, the po chain is not it, right? And so we're super excited that we have all of the answers to scaling that. Um, but we got to kind of go through the motions. So that's a big thing that's happening now. Uh, the other is, look, you know, we we have to think about where we. It's it's all fine in these early days, and in and you know this year. To kind of place bets and all all over the place. Like we, again, we don't know what we don't know. I think we need to start having a little bit more like conviction around certain categories. Right? there will always be the unknowns, and we're going to have to kind of adapt. And that's that dynamic part I was talking about. But I do think it's like okay, we've learned a lot. So where are we making our bets? We place one on ZK. Good. That's that's going to pay out for us long term. Super excited. We placed one on gaming. That one's starting to turn out well. Like we're excited. You know, Midnight Society and Doctor Disrespects game, and that had a great. Initial mint and, and you know you've got kind of um, horizon and so forth who just fundraise great project yeah. on Polygon crypto unicorns like these things are starting to look good and then and then this next one is loyalty and rewards right I'm kind of just generally at a high level think that you could do more with loyalty and rewards that I think uh, loyalty and rewards that blockchain has kind of u- u- unique specific use cases that it can activate. And that was why it was fun to do the Starbucks partnership, right? Um, You know, I think that that really shows their appetite. You know, not like the largest rewards program in the world, Polygon again. And so, I think that is actually a a use case category is pretty interesting. And so, these are the like if I had to say like the things that uh, you know are top of mind and most exciting. I think that's it. Um, Also, too, just the evolution and maturation of you know the reality that the company is not a startup, right? The expectations are higher on Polygon. You know. You can't, you know. Yes, we want to kind of operate with the the moxie of having a chip on your shoulder, but you also have to balance that with like you've arrived and the expectations are high now. It's like you're, you're you are not perpetually an underdog. At some point, you're perceived as one of the big dogs, and you've got to like carry yourself accordingly. And I think there's a lot that comes with that, both internally and externally, that we need to keep focusing on.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks for for breaking down some of those those big bets that you're taking. How you're thinking about, um, you know building out your, you know, tooling and, and infrastructure in, in new ways. Part of why I asked about, um, like, what projects are, are seeing success, like, where, like, where do you expect it is because, you know, obviously, you know, Navik and most of our audience comes from, like, very much a gaming bent. But yeah. yeah, you guys at Polygon have also done a really phenomenal job, I think, locking down Partnerships with companies, like you mentioned, Starbucks, but also Meta, Stripe, Disney, DraftKings, etc. And so I'm curious, I mean, you know, like, like, where are you expecting Polygon to go? Like, in the sense of like, you know, it's not just for gaming, but like, like, over the next year or so, like how, like, like, what is going to be active on Polygon? Like, where is the excitement going to be in terms of like how people are going to be interacting with it in in some ways that you're building for in the near term um so i'm curious about that so maybe we'll start there that i'll I'll follow up
1: i think high level just to answer your question people it's that almost going back to that line of thinking i was talking about on how i made the decision to even like go work at polygon right it's i think a lot of people are going to make a very similar decision in just the way that they operate from an activity standpoint right it's I want to be on Ethereum because there's like users and developer ecosystem there. There's liquidity there. There's like a lot of great stuff. And, you know, I would say a lot of people are pretty bullish about the long term future of Ethereum. And I got to, but I got to scale, right? Like, no matter what, even like with right. the merge, even with sharding, as we scale over time, like, you're going to, no matter what, and this is at least, you know, recognized, I think universally by everyone, you're going to have to have a scaling solution. I just think Polygon will be you know, the primary scaling solution for Ethereum. There will be others like, and they should, this is like a, the beauty of web three is this multi-chain world. There's a lot of optionality. You get, you know, you give people freedom of choice and autonomy, like I dig that about the space. So I don't mean it in absolute terms, but like, that's what we strive to be. Like we wanna be the primary choice for when you wanna scale on Ethereum, right? Like that's our goal. That's like what we're aiming to do. That's like why we wake up and get out of bed every single day. Um, And I think there's, you know, gaming is like a really important vessel to do that um, for a lot of reasons. I think digital ownership is at the heart of like Polygon's core ethos and, and gaming can resonate with that. And even if gamers are reluctant right now, I think long-term people will come around with the idea of I'm spending billions of dollars in the games industry. I should have some (laughs) additional or more freedom around these, these proper or these purchases than I do uh, today. And so I love that my backgrounds in gaming too. So it's like, it, you know, place close near and dear to my heart as well, too. And I think as a gamer, when you come in, you want to be inside of the Polygon ecosystem, and you want it to be like vibrant with users, you want to be able to like, move around that environment really freely. And the way that you really do that, and by that, I mean, like, just the chain, right, you know, you know, kind of go and bounce back and forth, is you don't make it just gaming. It's like, let's just bring literally the world to Polygon. And I know it sounds it's hyperbole, sure. But like, that's like what we're doing. So you know, why does Starbucks and Midnight Society both make sense for Polygon? It's because of that reason. And so long-term, then we have a, you know, we have a lot of users, they're just operating with inside of Polygon, right? You know, and inside of our ecosystem. And, you know, we want to, we want to be this platform that kind of opens our arms to, again, all developers. And so you've got to cater not to being vertical specific. It's just, it's, you got to cater to developer needs and when there's a huge demand for gaming, then you've got to, you've got to work towards making sure you support it.
0: Love it. Love the ambition. The, the follow up I was going to ask is how the heck have you built such an effective biz dev team so quickly? Because, um, you know, there you have competitors out there, you know, making moves, but, but you guys are working with some of the several of the largest companies in the world. How, how have you been able to pull that off?
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of touched on briefly, like, I think the the team that's been at Polygon too, like the, the existing BD team that's been here even before my like before my time, just people that are scrappy and passionate, and that takes you a really long way. And so many of those partnerships were forged by that kind of like tenacity that that team has. And now we have that that group, right, like our Polygon OGs. And now we've been able to partner and bring on this year, a bunch of great industry experts across traditional web two, Facebook, Google, Amazon, all these folks who are, they've dipped a foot into web three, which is why they're ready to make the jump. And like, we are bringing them over. And now you've been able to pull these people together. And literally you're just, it's just like great learning. And there's friction too, right? There's different opinions, thoughts, backgrounds, that's not a bad thing. I think when everybody has respect and admiration for each other, you can have those disagreements and different opinions. And it creates, better than anything, this amazing learning environment for everybody, right? And so education is kind of like bouncing back and forth in in a really meaningful way. And I think that gives us a significant leg up. Like, I think it makes us very, very unique. And I actually... I don't think, and I really mean this just from like the type of DNA that the company has, not just like just that objectively, I, I think nobody even comes close. It has yielded us the results that we've had, but I do think we've got a, a, an interesting DNA and makeup within the organization.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, let's switch gears and talk about gaming and maybe uh, a good segue for this since we just talked about, you know, how, you, how big your mission is, um, how effective you are uh, working with other teams, I'd love for you just to make your case for why a game studio should pick Polygon as its choice of level two. What what makes Polygon uniquely awesome? Um, is what's under discussed about it that should get more attention? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of mentioned some of the more macro reasons already on why people should start to gravitate more towards Ethereum and Polygon. I think with gaming is there's a couple of different things. One, I think with gaming, um, people really use it as like a, a like a, a blanket category. Like it's almost as like, oh, movies, right? Like gaming is so nuanced. So many different ways to make games, so many different avenues, types of games, categories, how you want to execute, right? And so you really then need people on the other side, as in like, if you're the game developer, you really need people on the other side that understand like game development and appreciation of it. And then on top of it, making games is hard, right? It's mm-hmm. very hard. And then you've now out, out, like truly added on these kind of like free economies, which is very difficult and, and not ones that you can now truly meaningfully impact, right? And fine tune because they, they truly are. So that makes it, and that's hard, right? You know, tokenomics and all that is hard in its own right. And so if you're taking the perspective of a game developer in this question, you're like, what are you looking for? It goes back to think first and foremost, you're like, I, I need users and I, and I want a vibrant developer community to be surrounded by, cool. Okay, now I need to make a decision. Is this product a product that I can build a quality game on? Yes. And I think, you know, Polygon, definitely does that now in POS and certainly addresses a lot of any of the issues long-term with kind of the ZK rollups. For example, it's like, if you want to, you know, you're playing like an MMO and you pick up an NFT item, you can't wait seven seconds for that to like show up in your inventory. It's a terrible game experience, right? And so the things that we're doing across the board, like remedy a situation like that, for example, and that's working with middleware providers and stuff that we do at a protocol level, so forth. But I think, understanding this stuff comes from people that have been in game development. And we've got a bunch of people that have worked, you know, our COO was at EA for 20 years. You know, we've got people that worked on variety of different call of duties and titles, right? So like we've got those folks in house who can think about it now, no longer as developing themselves, but with that kind of pedigree and background that understand it. And then you want that really strong relationship. And because we then also know web two, web three really well, You as a game developer come in with Polygon. You're like, great. You have users. You've got great network effects. Other people are here with developers. You understand game development. You understand what we're trying to do here. Let's do it. Like, let's partner. This gives me the confidence. You know, it takes all the risk out of the equation, you know, or as much as you possibly can and gives confidence for us to build. And I think that's what makes Polygon incredibly unique, right? It's why we we don't do vertical specific. It's not like we're, yes, we're known as gaming being a big category, but we don't want to be just a gaming company because I think gaming companies really need to be like, who else are you bringing in this ecosystem? Because rewards users are going to be really valuable coming over to the games platform and how everything is interacting within the ecosystem as well, too. So there's a lot of that goes into it, but I do think that makes us pretty unique if I had to like pitch why a game, like why game developers continue to choose Polygon.
0: Nice. It makes a lot of sense. One one minor thing that I just want to hit on for people who might not understand what it means. You mentioned ZK rollups a couple of time and uh, and how Polygon works with them. Could you just unpack that a little bit for people who don't know what ZK? Yeah, and you know, I think are? the way like the
1: simplest way to kind of talk about, you know, our our, our zero knowledge roll-ups is it's speed, right? It's speed and, and some level of security, right? And so it's speed to Ethereum as like a checkpoint. And so really the way you should think about it is it's upgrading kind of our product capabilities to be faster and process more trans uh, transactions per second and do so uh, at, at quicker speeds. And so I think that's the the main takeaway for what we're doing on the ZK side.
0: right. Okay, cool. Uh, well, let's go ahead and, and talk about what's going on in the market right now. So obviously there's a lot of experimentation, um, both good and bad in the blockchain gaming space. We've seen the evolution over the past year alone from play to earn to play and earn, play to own, now free to own is a thing. And, and we'll see what's next. But I'm curious from sure. your viewpoint as a platform provider that, that also provides venture funding to, to teams out there. What types of games or economic systems are you most excited about and bullish on? Um, and maybe connected to that, like like what do games teams really need to unlock that'll take this industry, you know, in partnership with Polygon to the next level?
1: I think games that are going behind, like past, kind of just like the the pure NFT play, and think of uh, composability long term is pretty interesting, and like how games can kind of live in like perpetuity with people forking instances of them and working on them and like creating kind of communities around decision-making trees. Like there's some interesting stuff happening there. I mean, I love like the the basic concept too. I still do love of the idea of like, I, I pay for this stuff. I should be able to own it, but there's things that are happening now that kind of are taking more advantage of beyond that. And like, Thinking a little bit more thoughtfully about end to end, what can I do if I actually build a game on chain, right? Outside of just like throwing the digital items on a marketplace, scarcity, and some of the stuff we've spoken about at length for, you know, years now. Um... So I think that's been pretty interesting too. I also generally been pretty excited and uh, optimistic that even with the downturn of the markets, there's still a lot of Web2 traditional uh, players very enthusiastic about building on-chain experiences. I know it's a little bit of different, like diverting a little bit of the question of like types of games. But I would say if I had Web2 games or like large Web2 games as like a category in this conversation, it's good to see that they're still... Like a part of this and moving this forward, and I say that because I think they'll be they they will provide unique learnings as well too, um, I, and, and how some of this works, um, and yeah, I think like the on ramps too in general. There's been some pretty cool stuff as far as like reducing friction and on ramps. You know, like setting up a MetaMask account and all of that stuff in order to, st- and then like you know, getting liquidity and how you get into a game. Like there was some, there still is a lot of UX, UI challenges, but I think a lot of the games are doing really cool stuff. I called out uh, Horizon already earlier, you know, and they just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just raised as well. It lo- loved Peter and that company and what they're doing and like how they think about sequence, like kind of their end end experience is really interesting. So I don't know. I just feel that there are, we're now in a stage where people are start like smart people that are well-funded are really tackling some of these issues that were pretty big barriers. And I think like onboarding friction is one of them. I almost, I, I strive for the day where like Polygon is so passively happening in the background that it's not exciting to even talk to me uh, anymore because like Polygon is just, you know, it's like AWS or Google Cloud, you know, like use an experience. You're like, is this on Google Cloud or AWS? Cause like, I'm only going to play Call of Duty. If it's on AWS, right? right. And so I w- would like to see Polygon get to, to that to that point soon as well. And I think the improvement of like uh, some of the on-ramps that are occurring is is that that's naturally happening, which is great because obviously the, the, the focal point should be the great consumer experiences uh, that are coming out of, you know, being built on Polygon, not actually Polygon itself.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a ton of innovation happening out there right now, despite the winter in both Web3 companies, but as you mentioned also Web2, which is... Really important, but despite all of that, there still is a lot of FUD around the around the industry, especially from mass market gamers around blockchain games. So I'm curious, yeah. how do you think Polygon and the rest of us can help contribute to better educating and winning? Oh, over I don't the know if that's lines? even
1: the answer, man. To be honest with you, like I, I'll be, I, I really don't think about it or spend much time caring about it, and I don't mean that in like an arrogant way. I think the I think where people, where their concern is and push back on it, like a large majority of gamers, is really valid and warranted in the current state of the environment. And it is not their job to be forward thinking or to make bets on where things are going. They don't give a shit and they shouldn't. It's like, is there a really cool game experience for me right now? Yes or no? The answer is largely no. Like, yeah, we're tinkering and some are coming out. It is not their job to care or align with us long-term of like, listen, bro, you can own your digital items and sell them. Just put it on chain, NFTs, man, it's the future. Like get out of here with that. People come around when great experiences are built, full stop, right? And you don't need to explain it. I'll give you a great example of why I tune this out. People shit on YouTube gaming in its first year. It's like Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. And then like, boom, you know, over like four or five years, YouTube gaming is the biggest gaming platform in the world. People are like, Twitch sucks. Like, go to YouTube gaming. It's better rev share model, better for the creator. And you just see this nonstop. And so like, if you literally listen to like people, the large population, you should hear from them. And what you should hear from them is you have not given me a good experience for me to adopt yet. And that's all I hear. And I'm like, fair. And so what do we need to do? Like, we need to solve for that. And there's a bunch of stuff that we need to do and we're solving for it. It's just not happening today, right? And so um, this stuff that we're launching is like early versions of what will be really exciting future tech. You're already seeing it continue to iterate. You're actually even seeing games like my like Crypto Unicorns as well. They're iterating in real time, like doing cool stuff and innovating along the way. Uh, I love it. This is what it's all about. This is why we're here. They don't owe us anything as in those that are skeptical um, and pessimistic about the you know Web3 blockchain games, whatever you want to say. And I feel good on the flip side of that is we as a space and industry are going to deliver some cool ass shit over the next two to three years that they'll be like, word, I was wrong. And I like it now. And that happened all the way. People hated free to play. Then they love it. It's a big, big model. People hated mobile games. Then everybody's on it. It's a recurring theme. And so you can't, again, going back to the TLDR, like you can't be emotionally concerned about it because their points are valid and they don't have the vested interest in this long-term. They are they are purchasers of the present, and it, there's not a lot to offer right now.
0: Fair, that's a that's a refreshing take, and um, I guess related to all this. And since you mentioned uh, YouTube gaming again, and yeah, congrats on all the success there. By the way, i've I've always been I've always admired your willingness and ability to engage with the community. Um, you know, even yep. back at YouTube. So I'm curious, what advice or lessons learned would you give around how a, how a leader should best listen to its users? I just
1: think it is literally impossible to be a quality leader and not highly engaged with the community. I just, maybe you can, like, maybe you can't, I don't know. I think I have seen so many leaders, like managers, if you will, let's not call them leaders. I think leaders like a little bit more of an earned title managers that are responsible for significant parts of a business who are completely out of touch with what is happening on the ground. And it's sad, right? It's sad to see. It's almost like a waste of time. Ta- it's cause like, it, it might not even be like an individual that has an issue. It's like they have now become disconnected with reality. And so it is like a part of the body dying not to be too exaggerated because it's like you have all this talent and experience that you've earned over the years but you have now become disconnected with something that you are overseeing and responsible for. And, and so like that's sad, right? And so for me, in in this space especially, things are moving constantly, right? And so you have to stay on top of it. You just have to. And look, like the only way any of this stuff works is like if community is fully leaned in and embracing it. So it can't just be fluff marketing at the core of you. It like genuinely needs to be the backbone and core of your business, full stop. You don't have a protocol. Nobody is on it, right? Um, and so you've got to have this great community. You have to listen. You have to respond, but you also have to be able to filter it because you can't just like take all of your direction from the community, or else you'll be sitting with them, you know, in due time. So you've got to be able to process information, be empathetic, be honest with yourself, and like adjust accordingly. But dude, I I, I Twitter has been my number one tool. For success on a personal level, because of my ability to literally have short, quick conversations with folks publicly, DMs or otherwise, and yeah. it's made all the difference. To be honest with you, and I, I can't stress it enough how important it's been.
0: Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and shift gears and and talk about the future of uh, a bit about the industry, about Polygon. Um, and let's go ahead and start with, with Polygon. So I guess I'll, I, I'll just ask the general question, what's next for Polygon Studios? I know you mentioned some things that the team is working on, but um, what's in the pipeline that you're excited about or things that you know, more people should be excited about that isn't getting enough attention?
1: Yeah, I can't share too much, but what I will say is there's like a couple key themes. One of them that we haven't touched on that I'm really excited about is we continue to improve. Well, I guess we briefly touched on it, but continue to improve like the onboarding and on-ramp experience into the ecosystem. So you will see some stuff that comes out from us that leans in. Because, you know, I don't want us to just be like, oh yeah, Polygon's up for like closing web two players. We're going to keep doing that. And that's not going to stop. But, you know, we got to keep Kind of reciprocating those efforts on the native web3 side because that's where like that's where all the the magic is going to happen and allow Mm -hmm. for that like fluidity um and so real big focus on that closing out the year into the new year and then studios continue like we'll have a lot of work to be done on supporting all of these you know product upgrades if you will as we roll into like zk tech and you know our kind of new product stack that allows us to have like an you know a layman's term an upgraded chain that can move faster right and do more um so yeah and, and and supporting that is actually like it's a it's all big undertaking right you know from how you show up with you know hackathons how you do developer resources how you go to market all of these different things so that's what you'll expect from studios over the next couple of months uh, a lot of work to do excited we actually you know we're you we're all these conversations tis the season of these conversations too right as you think about next year and so forth uh but yeah we have we got some fun stuff to still share with the polygon community these next couple months like we got more tricks in the bag still don't worry
0: awesome well well how about this yeah. let's let's go even more radical with the question let's let's say it's you know october 2027 so five years from now any Oof. any bold predictions um or bets on the future of Polygon Studios around blockchain gaming in general. What like what is the ultimate vision that you're you're building for over that period ultimate, of time? The
1: ultimate, the ultimate vision. I don't know if it's 2027 or what when the year is. But if I did think about like the real world, or, like the ultimate vision is this protocol just like drifts off and operates autonomously. You've got the ecosystem there. You've got the middleware there. You've got the developer community there. Like you've got implementation partners. Like it's just operating right you know you've got people like you've got kind of governance running like it, honestly hopefully in five years you know I'm like there they, you know it's like there's no longer this this early like advancement part is no longer needed right I mean it obviously is needed right now you know but it's going that's the that was is the beauty it's like why we're doing all this right and I do think if you you kind of like onboard the right partners to build the right things that's the end that's the that's the end game, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't know if five years is it three years or 10 years, right? You know, your guess is as good as mine, Yeah. but actually I look at that. And so there's a lot of things that have to happen to get there. I think having these like, in, in, you know, capital continue to go into the space so that there's like the experiences that continue to be built, right? The developers can do that end to end experience. You know, users are able to so easily onboard into the ecosystem, ton of stuff that needs to get done, but man, wouldn't that be beautiful? It's just like seeing something that run that is, um, doesn't need kind of any outside assistance, right? It's like everything it needs is is within the protocol.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great answer. I, I just had to ask, um, even though I know it's a it's a really hard hard question. Um, maybe no, the- it's a good question, and
1: it is like I feel like that's the that's that's our north star. Like that's what success looks like. You know, there's that what happens, how we get there, who's building on it. But I think you know you've got basically you've got now at that point you also have like DApps that are you know, like worth hundreds of billions of dollars that are driving real unique consumer value that are like unique blockchain app experiences, like in the games category and other categories. And I, I think you do see that as well, too. Um, And that's when I think you get to that transition point I was talking about where people spend time talking about those companies, like you're not talking about kind of Polygon as this like base layer of operation from a protocol perspective. You're talking about, you know, the cool like new age apps that are being built that are you know, upending and uprooting kind of web two in, you know, different different tech sectors.
0: Right. Um, obviously thinking about the long term is really exciting, but but not all teams um probably at, at all times feel like they they have the luxury of of thinking that long term. Um just because they're they're currently struggling to make it through the the so-called crypto winter right now and yeah. are trying to find product market fit in a rapidly changing environment or whatever their case may be. Um, I'm curious, how is Polygon thinking about coming coming out stronger on the other side? And maybe the more interesting question here too is, like, how should other teams in this space be thinking about that too? How do you make the most of a downturn and come back stronger on the other end?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, you know the reality, like Polygon. Although we have to account very much for these market conditions because it's just a reality of things that impact businesses. You know, we did fundraise almost a half billion dollars in, in February, right? Um, and so there's a lot of capital, and we are in. A, you know, we have a unique opportunity, and are are uh, fortunate enough that you know we we have a game plan that allows us to be conservative and and you know hunker down for years, right? Years. And I recognize that not everybody's in that same situation too, right? And so I think the reality is, it's just tough decisions right now. You know, in a bull market, everybody's smart, making decisions easy. Now, you know, for these companies that might not be well capitalized, it is make tough decisions, make them fast, rip Band-Aids off and go, right? Um, It's tough because you never want to be rash in these decisions because they impact people, they impact, you know, there's a lot of emotions in them and it's unfortunate and you'll never be able to take any of that stuff out in the process it's just the human reality of it mm-hmm. but one thing you can control is speed and you do have to move fast on that stuff and so iterate quick you know make decisions quick do all of that quickly
0: before we wrap up i want to spend a couple moments um talking to you from less the the polygon lens and more your investor lens you know as i mentioned your sure. Um, a venture partner at Bitcraft. You've done, um, you know, angel investing. You serve as a, a board member ad- advisor. Um, I'm a, I'm just curious, you know, apart from what all Polygon is working on, what else are you excited about um, in the, the games industry these these days? What what trends are you, you know, looking to to invest in?
1: Yeah. So I think. Um... You know, as an investor, one thing that like really, excited, so I kind of have made, you know, on a personal angel level, I've made like a lot of bets across the board. I think the one that I'm like personally really interested in, both on the, the venture partner side and angel side is middleware, right? Like I think particularly with game developers, we kind of talked about it earlier, like some of the challenges of building specific games on chain um, that people haven't really thought through of some of the backend service tooling that's going to need to be offered in order to actually launch and do some of these very creative visions around games is, is important, and so I I have a really big interest right now in middleware. So like Third Web was a, is an investment that I did as well, and I love that company. And I think you know they're solving for a lot of those problems. And there's other ones even that I haven't I haven't invested in that I love, like Pragma is a great example as well. Who backend service they're not really doing anything in blockchain games right now, but like I think inevitably they'll have like very good tooling suite to help people on board. Forte, you know, pretty pretty cool with like what they were thinking about and like their thesis. So yeah. I do feel there's, that's going to be like a really critical part. Um, and even Immutable, right? As like a, as a competitor is why, you know, I invested in Immutable is interesting, right? Like gaming specific, vertical specific category, how are they going to help tackle unique challenges of onboarding games into the ecosystem? And so I keep an eye for that. I think people, the reason too, I keep an eye on that is like, I think people really underestimate the the, the necessity and, and, uh, um, desire for, support in Web3 games. Uh, We just have focused on Web3 games and not like, okay, how are we going to do these the right way? You know, and I think that question continues to come up more and more.
0: Awesome. Well, those are great answers. Final question for you, Ryan. Um, How can listeners who are interested in all that we've talked about today um, best follow along with Polygon Studios and also best follow along with you?
1: Yeah, so my Twitter's twitter.com slash follow along there and then uh, Twitter.com slash Polygon Studios as well. And uh, we that you know, between that you'll get plenty of Polygon information.
0: Awesome. Well well thank you again, Ryan, for joining me today. Um, I genuinely can't wait to to watch, to see where both you and Polygon go from here. Lots of exciting stuff. We're in a really exciting time. So so thanks again for joining me today.
1: I love it. Thanks so much for having me. Good luck, good luck with everything and uh, uh, excited to talk again in the future.
0: Awesome. And to all of our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to give us a like, subscribe, five stars. It would, it would mean a lot. And we'll put the links to all things Ryan and Polygon in the description below for you to check out. And of course, if you want to check out all the things that Novik is up to, too, we'll put some links down there as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.